Hey, welcome. I'm your host, Abby Sisko, and you're listening to PR Pop. If you're here right now, I'm assuming you also consume other sorts of media. So you've probably seen a content creator controversy or a celebrity mishap. But what is actually happening when something goes wrong? When celebrities delete all their photos with that one friend or a content creator makes an apology video? Join me and my guests as we talk about the wild, complex, and sometimes funny intersection between public relations and pop culture. Hey guys, thanks for coming back to listen to PR Pop. Uh, this is Abby Cisco. Today we're talking about Lindsay Lohan, which uh, this was not my original idea. Morgan actually came to me and suggested it. But yeah, first of all, I've had Morgan on the show before, but Morgan, can you introduce yourself again for those who haven't listened? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's good to be back. Um, I'm Morgan Lane. I'm a senior. Um, I go to Anderson University. My major is Calm Digital Media, and I have dabbled in PR. I'm the president of PRSSA. Yeah, just dabbled. Just dabbled a little bit in being the president <laughs> of PRSSA. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, yeah, why did you – what initially were you thinking when you suggested Lindsay Lohan as, like, a topic for this episode? Yeah, I think I've seen a lot recently about Lindsay Lohan, um, and they were all positive things, which was kind of surprising. Um, I think Mm -hmm. Lindsay Lohan has had her share of really, really negative press. And Mm -hmm. whenever I started seeing things recently about this new Netflix movie that she's doing, it was all people talking about how they were so excited and how they, you know, they really wanted to watch it and it was going to be great. So I think that was what kind of drew me into this topic. Yeah, definitely. And the more I read into it, the more interesting it gets, really, especially when you get into her past, um, which we'll talk more about. But if you don't recognize the name Lindsay Lohan or can't put a face to her, she's best known for her roles in The Parent Trap, Freaky Friday, Mean Girls. Um, there's been some other popular ones, but those are the ones that she's most known for. Although after those those films and they became really popular, you know, cult classics she kind of went in this low point in her career where she was in a couple movies that honestly I had not even heard of before and they kind of flopped they weren't super popular and she really went in this also a low point not just in her career but also personal life where she struggled with substance abuse rehab partying and stuff like that but that eventually did end up affecting her you know, her career and her reputation as just even just an actress among producers. But I just want to list off some of these movies because I've never heard of these. I honestly didn't know about these until I had looked it up. So she was in Among the Shadows, I Know Who Killed Me, Labor Pains, uh, Till Human Voices Wake Us, and Georgia Rule, which was one of the ones that got more press because the producer kind of released a statement about essentially how she wasn't really a good employee, how she was always coming late to work, sometimes not even show up. Um, Did you know about these movies? Like, have you kept up with Lindsay Lohan at all? Or was this kind of like, just it just now popped up, so you looked into it? But yeah, what do you know about her? Yeah, I mean, I think Lindsay Lohan was super, super dominant in the early 2000s. And I think I grew up watching, you know, Parent Trap and Freaky Friday and Mean Girls, like you said. But no, I hadn't really heard about any of the more recent movies that she had been a part of. I definitely heard about more of her 
you know, personal life problems and spirals and stuff. But yeah, this Netflix movie was really the first time I had heard about her that was career related in a really long time. Yeah. And I think that the media, luckily for her, has focused some on her past. Like they've used that as an opportunity to bring up some of the old dirt about her and whatever, you know, she struggled with back then. But like you said, I think a lot of it is positive. But also, we know that she probably, you know, was pretty burnt out from all of that, from all the bad press that she was getting from those movies, from continuing to be in movies that flopped um, and that kind of thing. So is there anything that a PR practitioner could do that you think could either ease the burnout or at least ease the harsh critics and the judgments and all that coming from the media and how could that how could PR practitioners kind of like ease that for a celebrity? I think Lindsay Lohan is a really interesting um, celebrity because she's one of those celebrities that started out as a child star. Um, mm-hmm. So I think she has always really been in the spotlight and in a way she kind of never got a break ever since she was a kid. And I think especially for her, like that burnout was very dramatic. That crash and burn was very dramatic. And I think as a PR practitioner, you, you know, you can't really control what people say. That isn't the point of PR at all. It's not to control what people say. It's to, you know, maintain and build these relationships with different audiences. And I think for a celebrity, you know, the reason why you're famous is because you have all these people that, you know, they find you interesting or funny or something like that. I think from a PR standpoint for Lindsay Lohan, you know, coming at it like, you know, obviously there have been some things that have happened in your life. Um, Mm -hmm. And people are going to be very quick to criticize that. And I think coming at it from the angle of you can't control what people say, but you can control what you do. And you can, you know, you can work to maintain those relationships and build those relationships with people. And I think, you know, like if you really, really focus in on the fact that all these people want to hear about the drama in your personal life and you spend all this energy being like, no, you can't do that. That's not, that's not okay. Like that kind of thing. If you spend all your energy on that and trying to control what people say, that isn't going to have a good reaction. So I think just easing that burnout of having, I guess, more realistic expectations that will lead to better, you know, results and, you know, better mental health for the celebrity. Yeah, definitely. And I think that as we get into conversation, we'll see that she kind of did take a break, I think, and like from the media and she definitely wasn't like covered as much on in news articles and stuff like that. So I imagine that she kind of did hold back a little bit. But also that made me think I was just talking to someone today, like, like, in terms of like your online presence, if you're just yelling louder, like that doesn't accomplish a whole lot more. Like it's not it's not very productive, at least if you know, someone's yelling at you and you just yell louder, you know, it doesn't really add to a good conversation or good relationships either. So yeah, I would totally agree. But as far as her appearance in, you know, the media coming up to this movie, I'm sure some of this, and I hope, I think you'd probably agree, was intentional to kind of get her, to ease her into, like, to ease her back into the scene, essentially. So she definitely took a break. 
I would say, from the media. Um, and that probably helped her out a bit. But also, I think she, there was a point in time where she maybe tried to change her brand a little bit or she was trying to change or she was trying to try something new. Have you heard of her, uh, like, Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club? No, I have not. What? Was that a okay. network thing? Yeah, so it was, like, an MTV kind of show. She started, um, like, a nightclub slash beach club, you know, trying to, like, enter this, like, entrepreneurship girl boss thing. So, like, it's basically her, and it's, like, on a beach in, like, Greece or something, and so she runs this uh, beach club and the show is about her running it and then also like her employees and I guess the drama going on between the employees as well. So in the trailer, she said something along the lines of how like for a long time the cameras have been on her, um, but now it's time for like the roles to be reversed. And she was talking about how like she's going to be like the cameras are going to be on like her staff and like she's going to be watching her staff like become successful and that kind of thing. So it was really interesting. It only lasted for a season. A couple articles I saw said that the reason that it ended was because it essentially wasn't like quote unquote juicy enough. Like the drama just wasn't good enough, which I think is so interesting. But yeah, why do you think that she took this shift from acting? Do you think that it was kind of intentional to kind of like come back into the media, but like in a different realm? Do you think she just wanted to try something new? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think it could be kind of a little bit of both. I think it's not uncommon for celebrities to want to try to, um, you know, do something different from maybe what they first got famous from. So I know some people will like, you know, kind of acquire businesses, you know, get into the business side of industry. Um, but I think just in terms of the show, um, I think probably just, you know, maybe a little bit of fear, um, a reluctance to get back into acting because I think whenever you are so well known and so well loved for certain roles and then you've tried to come back and it just hasn't been, you haven't been that same level of success. I think, you know, it might be easier to be like, okay, well, I'm not going to be in front of the camera. Someone else is. Um, And I think that that was the problem. That was probably the reason why it failed was because, you know, the show was literally called Lindsay Lohan Beach Club, not, you know, Lindsay Lohan's Employees Beach Club. Yeah. So I think that's why people are, you know, that would be the selling point. Her name is so big. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think that was a big reason was because, People were drawn to the fact like, oh, Lindsay Lohan's like entering the scene again. So what is this about? Um, And then it kind of just ended up being a bit different than I think what people thought it was going to be. But with her rise back to the mainstream media, she's definitely taken this opportunity to talk about some of her rougher past. So speaking as like a rising PR professional, how can you either like decrease how can you decrease bad publicity or at least manage it I guess we kind of touched on this earlier but I guess in speaking in terms of you know sharing personal things it might be worth saying what you said before I think you did touch on this but yeah do you have any other thoughts yeah I mean I think I think in PR it's very important to know when to say something and know when to not say something and I think sometimes saying something can be detrimental 
or have like a negative effect. And then sometimes not saying something or not doing something can have a really negative effect as well. And I think, you know, you can't really like stop bad publicity. You know, there's this saying like all like, you know, bad press is still press or whatever. Um, And so I think for Lindsay Lohan and for other celebrities who've had rough times in their life, really all you can do, you can't change the past and you can't change what people say about you, but you can kind of take control of your narrative um, and share a narrative. So I think that's kind of what you said that she started to do. Um, So I think, you know, you don't have to go into all of the nitty gritty details and flesh everything out and defend yourself. Um, And I really liked how you said, like, you know, talking about like yelling doesn't like yelling over people doesn't make you have a better point or doesn't really make people listen to you. Um, And again, I think there's kind of also this level of like, (laughs) like I I remember Lindsay Lohan Hollow's DUIs um, and her mugshot picture would kind of like go around the internet and it kind of became a meme. Um, And I think, I think whenever celebrities can kind of like lean into that and kind of be like, you know, like, yeah, I really messed up, but like I'm human. And that was kind of funny or, you know, something like that. Um, Instead of being like, oh, well, we can't talk about this and I'm going to pretend this didn't happen. Um, Because that in a way is them, if they can lean into that, that's a way they can connect with their audience and form those bonds. Right. And that's a good point. And that's something that we keep bringing up is like authenticity and transparency. Like it's not like we talked about in one episode, Trisha Paytas, she probably maybe overshares like to most people's standards. But I think that's partially why people like her is because she's so personal. And even though most people don't want to go to that same degree, or probably should go to that same degree, that like authenticity about their life is attractive. But then it's also you have to balance it. Like you said, with Basically, in PR, we talk about strategic silence. So some things like don't need to be talked about more. Like sometimes things will just pass over and it'll be fine. There's some things that, like you said, if unaddressed, it will bring about a greater crisis. But some things just don't need to air out and it don't need like more room to be talked about, essentially. So, yeah, I would totally agree. Um, But also one thing that I saw that was a little more recent um, back in April, Lindsay did a video with Vogue. Um, I don't know if you've seen these types of videos. It's like celebrities break down like 18 looks from a certain time period till now. So it was like Lindsay Lohan breaks down 18 looks from 1998 to now. Um, this got over 7 million views, which is just astonishing to think about how many people that is. I know we see these kinds of numbers a lot, but like I heard someone say, you know, imagine if you saw that as a crowd like in people like in real life <laughs> um that would be insane so that's a lot of people i'm guessing that this probably helped her ease back into the like mainstream media and i also wonder if it was maybe her agents that reached out and coordinated with vogue to kind of get her back you know to being talked about or at least being seen in the media Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about that? Do you think that this or even any other cameos, because I know she's been on some other shows, but as a PR professional, can you kind of speak to how, you know, PR people can reach out to other forms of media to connect and to make media relations, but also get press out from a different, like a different party? 
Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, honestly, I think all of the PR that she is doing for the Netflix special is just way, way more beneficial to her and her name and her reputation than to the Netflix special by far. Um, You know, I think Netflix probably, you know, kind of went out on a limb a little bit just because she has had a little bit of, you know, maybe not being the most consistent or pleasant actor or something like that just in the past. Um, And then also her personal life. So I think, you know, I think it is a lot of PR whenever you reach out to do kind of, you know, a show or whatever. It's, it's all about like mutually beneficial relationships, like a symbiotic relationship, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I also think that there are certain platforms that are going to be more beneficial for her and for her audience. You know, um, I think, our generation so gen z really you know even though we weren't maybe going to go see mean girls in theaters like that was what we grew up with um we grew up with a lot of her movies a lot of her stuff and shows and stuff so i think i've seen her on tiktok i've seen you know or like little clips of Lindsay lohan um, on the tonight show or whatever like on tiktok um so i think i think it matters what you know, media sources you reach out to, but I think it also really matters, like, what audiences you're, um, I think it's more important to think about what audiences you're trying to target, because if you, mm-hmm. you know, if you're like, okay, we're just gonna put it in a magazine about Lindsay Lohan, like, okay, maybe your mom is gonna see that, or maybe your grandma's <laughs> gonna see that, but no one who, you know, you're not gonna, the people who have the connection with her or with the, um, the celebrity aren't gonna, they're gonna miss it, they're not gonna see it. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that for sure. So we're talking about this film. I don't know if I've actually said the name of the film. It's called Falling for Christmas. So this is the synopsis and it kind of makes me giggle and I'll tell you why. And I think you probably will understand why once I say it. It's a newly engaged spoiled hotel heiress gets into a skiing accident, suffers from total amnesia and finds herself in the care of a handsome blue collar lodge owner and his precocious daughter in the days leading up to Christmas. Um, I don't know what you think, but immediately this screams Hallmark to me. And I'm like, so this is just a Hallmark trope. Like we've seen, like, I'm kind of surprised because we've seen this before. Would you agree? Like, what did you have any, did you know what it was called or did you know what it was about? Yeah. I mean, I actually thought whenever I saw the ads for it, I thought it was a Hallmark thing. So I was really confused whenever it was Netflix. But I mean, I think that's really smart on Netflix's part because Hallmark dominates those, you know, cheesy, you know, like Christmas romance movies that, you know, maybe your mom or your grandma watches. So I think that's super smart on Netflix to jump on that. Yeah, it's so interesting. I don't know if you knew this, but um, in October of this year, uh, Lindsay didn't just sign on to do this movie. She actually signed a three picture deal with Netflix. And so right now she's filming the next film, which is Irish Wish, which to me also sounds like a Hallmark movie, <laughs> or at least not a Hallmark. I don't remember if this is a Hallmark movie, but I definitely remember a movie where this girl, like, somehow finds her, her like, partner in Ireland, and it's like she's a city gal, and he's, like, not. You know what I'm saying? Have you heard of that movie? It's like, I can't remember what it's called. It sounds like a, it sounds like a Hallmark Christmas movie, but, like, not like the opera and like it's like a hallmark saint patrick's day movie (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, the Hallmark St. Patrick's Day. So she's covering she's covering Christmas, St. Patrick's Day. So I wonder what the third one's gonna be. Is it gonna be like Valentine's Day? That would be so Easter. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Easter. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> and and it just gets better. It it cracks me up. I don't know if this cracks other people up, but she says, I feel like what we don't have enough of right now is romantic comedy. She tells this is what she said to Vogue. And that's exactly what this is. It's a really fun, uplifting, uplifting romantic comedy. Um, when I, She said, when I read the script and we started to film it, I didn't realize how physically funny we were going to be. That's a lot. It's a lot of physical comedy in it, which I really like. And I just thought that was so interesting, like, to say that. I mean, I guess it's kind of fair. To be honest, I don't know if I've seen... I've seen some romantic comedies, like Kissing Booth and stuff like that. Like, I feel like you, that you would consider that a romantic comedy. But I would agree that some of what I miss is those, like, early 2000 romantic comedies. So I don't know if that's really going to, like, reflect that. But I don't know. I just thought that was interesting that she was, like, really on board with this romantic comedy that we don't have enough of. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's interesting because some of the movies that she, like, her start, I mean, they weren't, like, romantic, but they were comedies, you know, like, as I'm thinking about it, like, Freaky Friday was, like, a a family-oriented movie. Like, it was on Disney Channel or whatever. Like, same with The Parent Trap. Mean Girls was kind of more, like, quote-unquote, grown up or whatever. But it was still, like, a comedy. It was still, like, for kids. I mean, they were all, like, I guess romantic elements in all of the movies. But I think in a way, like, she's kind of returning back to her roots. So I'm interested to see how, like, whenever people watch it, how they'll respond. Like, if it, you know, if it's, like, a character that people are like, oh, yeah, she just, like, flows right in and it makes sense or if people are gonna have a hard time adjusting to seeing her in that role I don't think they would yeah that's interesting interesting that you said that because you're right on the right on the spot she said I think in a different interview somewhere she said I wanted to do something where people felt like I hadn't left Mm. so yeah I think that is what she's trying to do because she really was popular for that and I feel like maybe that nostalgia of that type of character or that trope might actually like really help her become more popular again if that's her goal but yeah she said like falling for christmas was perfect for me because i really wanted to do something happy and fun and family oriented um she said i miss like i'm missing romantic comedies and less of horror which i think some of the movies that flopped that she was in were kind of more horror i didn't really look into each of them but i think some of them were a bit darker i think there was a comedy in there somewhere but i wouldn't be surprised if that's if she's not even if she's not saying that's her goal I know that like in interviews it seems that she's really expressed like a genuine liking for acting um it seems that she really likes it and so if that's what she wants to return to I think that kind of makes sense for her yeah definitely one thing that I didn't expect her to say was that she said that she would be interested in entering the Marvel Cinematic Universe she said that's my dream um, so that kind of caught me off guard. I just wouldn't expect that, especially since she just returned kind of back to acting again more recently. But my question for you is, is there any instance where this kind of, and in general, not just for Lindsay Lohan necessarily, but is there an instance where this kind of thing where you're like, oh, this is my goal. I want to get to this place. Like, you know, I want to get to this bigger industry or something like that. Is there a possibility that could ever come back to damage her reputation at all? Just if, like, say she wasn't able to, she say, like, someone wasn't able to reach that goal and people, like, possibly, and you know, came on 
and made fun of them for it or something like that. Like, would you have any thoughts about how that could affect their reputation? Yeah, I think the Marvel thing is kind of a little bit, you know, kind of out of left field, if I'm being honest. I think... I think it's unfair because a lot of times actors and and uh, musicians too, but I think actors especially are really, you know, okay. Well, if you if you are only in action movies, that's what you get cast in. If you're only in comedies, that's what you're going to get cast in. And I think it, I think very few actors can kind of play across all of the different genres, and I think very few pull that off very well. And I don't really know if Lindsay Lohan is one of those people. I could be wrong. But I think in terms of her career and reputation, I think that it is really important to, again, just think of your audience and think about your relationship to them. I think that even though that might be something that, you know, an individual might be interested in and pursuing and that's their dream, but, you know, if your audience you know, if that isn't going to resonate with your audience and your audience isn't going to respond well to that, you might have to, you know, kind of reevaluate, especially if, you know, she really kind of had not severed ties, but she's just now rebuilding this relationship um, Mm -hmm. with her audience and with the public and with people. And I think people need a little bit of time to kind of let that relationship sit and grow and kind of build trust in a person before they can just, you know, before someone can just like switch super dramatically. Because I think in a way the public kind of needs to be like, okay, you're back and you're going to stay. And Mm -hmm. like, they kind of need to like build up trust. And I think that throwing in something so different would be kind of disorienting for people. And I do Mm -hmm. feel like it would, I don't think it would damage her career irreversibly or anything but I just I think it would be a flop and I don't think it would be great to do that definitely quickly after these new pursuits right and I like how you said that basically her kind of comeback has a lot to do with the relationship she's building back with her fans and the public um because I because I've been mentioning it I've been referring to it a lot as a return back to the to film industry to the media stuff like that but in PR, that's essentially what, you know, you're going to look at is her relationship with her publics. Um, so that's her fan base and those are supporter and other celebrities and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's really good. I would agree. So wrapping up a little bit, where do you see Lindsay Lohan's career going from here? And if you were Lindsay Lohan's PR practitioner or PR person, uh, what would you do to get her where she wants to be that's a great question I think if I was her PR rep I would really encourage her to take it slow um I think even though she's had you know baby bad press in the past she has a whole generation of Gen Zers which I mean I believe she has a whole generation but I mean I think she has a whole generation on her side that there's this level of nostalgia and people like her. And I think people want her to come back. They're rooting for her and they want her to do well. And I think Gen Z will watch this, you know, movie that is probably more geared toward older women. And I think they'll watch it because it's Lindsay Lohan. So I would try to get her to kind of ease back into that. Stick with the comedy, stick with what you know, um, and then just really focus on 
building that relationship with your already established audience. So the people who grew up watching you and these comedies and different um, shows and movies and stuff, but then also consider the new relationships that you're building. Um, You know, there are a bunch of audiences outside of that one or this couple that she reached um, way back in the early 2000s. And I think I would frame this as a new opportunity. And I think with time and with trust, she could do so many different things. Um, But you just, you really have to kind of let your audience guide in terms of, you know, what do they want from you? What, what do they resonate with? And what do they feel like is authentic to you? Because I think at the end of the day, people are really good at seeing if the work that you're doing is inauthentic to you. And sometimes audiences can see that even before the celebrity can see that. So I would just tell her to take it slow and, um, you know, to build that trust and relationships with her fans. Yeah, definitely. And just to add to that, obviously the celebs and content creators, they have a say in what they're doing, but a lot of PR is, um, I think, answering to the perception that audiences have of you regardless of kind of what you've done um you have to really think about what they're perceiving you as and respond to it that way but thank you so much Morgan for coming on the podcast I think you offered some really good insight um I enjoyed talking about it I'm interested to see if uh Lohan will come out with a Easter movie next or something like that (laughs) yeah thanks for having me on um I think this podcast has motivated me to go watch her movie whenever it comes out so that's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll have to watch it together and then we'll we'll come back and make another episode. Not yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of PR Pop. My hope for this podcast is it gives you something to take away that you hadn't thought of before, whether that's for a client or just for yourself. If you want to see more content from PR Pop or suggest a topic, check out the Instagram at PR underscore pop underscore podcast.